What's up, everybody, and welcome back to this week's content edition of Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. And with me, I have... Uh, hey, I'm David. <laughs> I've never done that before. That was I know. I wasn't expecting it. You like threw it up for me and I just fumbled it all the way. I also have a mouthful of popcorn. So it was like the worst <laughs> possible time for you to ask me. But I'm David. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore Rivers underscore O. And yeah, I'm sad. I'm a sad boy. And finally, we have our very own Tormund Giants Bane. You right. Gingers every day, all day, twice on Sunday. Yeah. My name is Maverick, though. You can find me on Twitter at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Your boy lived. He lived. He survived Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was going to say. So let's go ahead and do that now. We're going to answer some questions from listeners first. But after that, we're going to just go full into um, spoiler mode for Game of Thrones. All of it. The whole shebang. We'll do the finale and then we'll wrap it up with a, a series and review. Yeah, so um, we'll give another spoiler warning when that comes, but I think you're fine knowing that Tormund lives if you haven't seen it yet. So, all right, let's answer some questions. First from At Life as Annabelle, if you could only pick a, or if you could pick one Disney movie to be remade in live action, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, I don't know if y'all saw, but the Mulan movie is yeah. going to have a budget of $300 million. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll make a man out of you better be like 30 minutes long and kicking. <laughs> it's not going to be a musical. I no. I feel like based off of that pure fact alone, it's going to be a disappointment. <laughs> listen. If they are going to remake these movies, like remake them and change them. I don't have any problem with it not being a musical. But arguably, that's the most iconic part of Mulan, is it not? I guess so, but I guess it's time to highlight something else. Can it not have a musical number and not be considered a musical? The rules of musicals are rigid, Maverick. <laughs> One song. That was probably my choice, and, and we're getting it, so I'm happy. Um, good lord, I have to think about that one for a second. Hold on, wait. Hold on. What hasn't been or doesn't isn't on the slate to be remade? I guess the Little Mermaid isn't on the slate. A yet. Bug's Life. Ooh. That's that's Pixar, but <laughs> that's yes. Pixar, but Disney Pixar. Um, I feel like we don't really need Tarzan. Uh, not really. I mean, we don't need any of these. I feel like the Jungle <laughs> Book was like. Like that, that 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 got that demographic. I feel or like Georgia the Jungle. Georgia the Jungle was Disney Studios, wasn't it? I think so, but that's like Tarzan. If not, it's, if not, it's it has to be owned by Disney at this point because everything is. I um, George 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 the Jungle. I could see them yeah, doing. Uh, they could do Ratatouille. We don't need to revisit the awkwardness that is Pocahontas. No, I was. Like I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. <laughs> yeah, These yeah. white men are dangerous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yo, please! I would love an Emperor's New Groove live action. Ooh, and that movie. that would actually kind of be fun. It, it would actually, be hilarious. Yeah, I think that would be good. You get the That's right person. You get the right person to play Cusco. Oh, that would be dude Ryan Reynolds as Cusco the llama. <laughs> <laughs> Just get Ryan Reynolds for everything. For everything. Um, Hercules could be fun. Would you have? I think it's only fun if you have the muses in there. Yeah, which means wait, it has sure. to be a musical. Didn't a didn't a non Disney Hercules movie just come out with the Rock in it? That was a couple of years ago. Hmm. It didn't do too hot, but The Rock is the hardest working work hardest working man in showbiz. Former wrestler. Next question. Uh, thoughts on the upcoming Harry Potter Wizards Unite game? Have y'all seen anything about it? I I didn't even realize that was a thing. Is that so? The, is it like Pokemon Go but for Harry Potter? Is that that game? Yeah. So okay. Niantic is going and making a Pokemon Go, but Harry Potter, an augmented reality game for Harry Potter. 
it is currently beta testing in Australia, or if not, it's beta testing soon in Australia. So it's going to be coming soon. So what do y'all think? Mm, it depends, because I feel like inherently Pokemon lends itself to that kind of thing. And I'm not quite sure how. I'm not quite sure how you make a AR Harry Potter game, you know? Unless you throw, unless you go full on like Fantastic Beasts and throw in, but even then, there's not the the novelty of knowing what you're looking at. Like, I can go walk with Pokemon Go and be like, oh, there's a Bulbasaur. Oh, there's a Chikorita. Oh, there's a Pikachu. Like, I'm not gonna know what a like I'm like, like oh man, there's a Mandrake over there. Like, <laughs> oh look, a Niffler. A Niffler. <laughs> I can try to shoot something at it, but then Newt's commander will come yell at me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that game looks like, but I'm interested to see what it does. I wish I I I cared about those Fantastic Beast movies. (laughs) Um, From at Jared Edwards, Robert Pattinson as Batman. So in the, the Batman movie, that's totally going to happen at some point. Uh, The latest thing coming out of uh, Warner Brothers is that Robert Pattinson, primarily of Twilight fame, but I have been told that he has done a lot more than Twilight. He's Cedric Diggory. Also Cedric Diggory. He did that 9-11 movie. Oh, yeah, he did do that. (laughs) Um, It's going to be our new Batman. So I I would love for them to do like a Batman Beyond. Is it Batman Beyond? Where there's... Did y'all watch that show? I did not. There was a like a new younger Batman that wasn't Bruce Wayne who was being mentored by Bruce Wayne, who was like young and edgy. And I could see him being that kind of and being in that kind of role. I can't see him being Bruce Wayne. However, I guess I'll give it a shot because I remember all the skepticism very vaguely, all the skepticism around Heath Ledger's the Joker when he got cast. So uh, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, despite his sparkliness. It's not yeah, Ben Affleck, was... so it, I mean, you, you can't get much lower than that. I I did not mind Batfleck. I thought Batfleck was the least of the problems with those movies. Um, I, I would agree. I but someone in the Storm of Spoilers Slack posted a picture of people complaining about Michael Keaton's Batman back in the day. Like, oh, how could he ever? be batman so everyone always complains when someone new is set to be batman so i'm just gonna wait to see how it how it happens i mean let's be real george clooney batman is the worst but that uh, is yeah (laughs) so um, but i mean i would say that affleck's at the boat i mean bale is up there uh is one of them or oh i forgot his name now the original kevin conroy Kevin Conroy is the GOAT. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, GOAT status. Um, I, my favorite Mark Hamill thing is when he was on The Flash and he was playing a character like similar to the Joker. I forget who it was. And he also did like an I Am Your Father reference in the same episode. I did not even, I did not know this, this existed in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, shout so shout out to Mark Hamill. He is. Um, I don't agree with everything he says on Twitter, and you should probably tweet less. But as an actor, he is very good. <laughs> He's not the most problematic of tweeters. He's not the most problematic, but <laughs> that's why I don't follow him on Twitter. All right. Oh, does um, Taylor Lautner get to play Two Face? What's Taylor Lautner been up to? Because I know, like, Kristen Stewart has been doing stuff. He's been riding off Shark Boy for too long. <laughs> <laughs> His seminal role. Dream, 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 dream. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Uh, we need to do, like, a commentary track. They had George <laughs> Lopez in there, bro. Come on. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, what are you doing? All right. So, I think that's good for questions. Uh, we'll talk about Rise of Skywalker sometime. That's not now. So, 
Sorry, Maverick. Um, Fine. <laughs> we have listen. We have plenty of time to talk about Star Wars. It. I don't know if you saw. It looks like we're getting some type of news about something tomorrow. I did not see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just keep you keep your ears pricked, my friend. Keep my ears what? <laughs> keep your ears pricked up. Yeah. I don't think pr- you're using prick in the correct. <laughs> I think that's the thing people say. We'll talk about <laughs> that after the podcast. Yeah, Let's better. talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> not safe for work. Uh, so. After nine years of uh, the t- television series, Game of Thrones has ended. It's over. So, yeah, this is a spoiler alert, spoiler warning for the entire show, for everything Game of Thrones. So, if you haven't caught up, sorry, we're doing the whole, the whole shebang here. So, get out of here, you crazy kid. Get out of here. So let's let's dive into the finale. General thoughts, uh, Maverick. Title was the Iron Throne, right? Released afterwards. Um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the title first. Iron Throne. What do you think? I mean, it, there's a very important story point. Uh, now that we are past the spoiler warning, where the Iron Throne gets burnt and destroyed by Drogon's fire. Uh, right. I think it's very much a very it's a stark image, and it's very much a metaphor ah. of this idea of really breaking the wheel ah. that they're trying to do. A stark image. That just hit, that just uh, hit me. Oh, yeah. I didn't even try that. Sorry, that, that came <laughs> out. That, I promise ah. I was not trying to be punny with that one. Um, but it's like a metaphor of destroying the wheel in a way uh. where that throne represented the system of Westeros that everybody's squabbling over uh, being able to rule the Seven Kingdoms. You know, ultimately destroying that and leading into a new age. So I, I definitely think it's ultimately symbolic. I have thoughts about Drogon and the Iron Throne later. We'll get to that. Um, David, Iron Throne title thoughts. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the focal point of the episode. I mean, you have the lead up with Danny finally fulfilling her vision that she had, which we can talk about later. Um, fulfilling her vision, touching the Iron Throne, and never actually getting to sit in it. Um, you've got John, who is the evidence successor. You've got Drogon, who melts it, and you've got Bran, who brought his own Iron Throne. My so it's a fine title. I really thought it was going to be a Dream of Spring, um, which is the planned title for the last book in A Song of Ice and Fire. I also think that the first planned title for the seventh book, A Time A Time for Wolves, would have been a really cool title for the last episode. That would have been a dope title. Right? <laughs> a Time for Wolves. That's fantastic. With the Starks ending, oh, that would have been cool. Um, so yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we think about the title. General thoughts about the episode. Uh, David, uh, I think so. Me and me and Colby were talking before the episode about potential spoilers. Uh, that from you know he the went leaks. the leaks, uh, potential leaks, Storm and spoilers is where I got them from. Yes, and sometimes they're accurate, and sometimes they're not. And I think you tweeted out something along the likes of seeing, or at least texted it to the group me, saying that looking at the leaks helped me, and I think. That also helped me because it helped me rationalize with some of the decisions before they were actually shown to me on screen. Whereas some people were like, like blown away and surprised. I was like, "Hey, they were right. The leaks were right." <laughs> um, as far as the optics of it, it doesn't seem like it's very popular. <laughs> like it does not seem like people like that ending. However, I left that episode less mad than i was after seeing the sand snakes so yeah (laughs) um i am probably more positive on the episode than at least the vocal public uh there is definitely stuff that like held up to any sort of scrutiny falls apart immediately at least for me 
But I just kind of enjoyed enjoyed where we where we were. I I feel like if you start this episode with I think what I tweeted the tacit acceptance of what happened last episode, which I still think is a huge disservice to Danny and her character. I would agree. I think if you start from if you accept what happened and start from there, this is the first forty minutes of this episode are really really good um i think that the visuals of the episode are very striking and i know there's one thing for those of you who don't know my all my backgrounds on my laptop are tweets from one perfect shot which is run by um rejects film school and so right now it is a shot of Ray holding a lightsaber. And it's just really cool shots from different movies and television shows. And that shot of Danny with the wings behind her yeah. is going to be a one perfect That's shot. iconic. That's going that to be was, an iconic photo. That was such a good shot. I would agree. Um, yeah, I agree. I, like, I said something about like it. The demonization of her character, which some people don't agree with, but still just the, the pure optics of it was pretty incredible. And I tweeted this out. I said, I didn't mind where Danny ended up. I just don't feel like it was earned yet this season. Is that a fair, is that a fair analysis? That's what, that's that's where I am, where I, like, I can, I can see how, if you told me, like, just the bare bones of her story, yes, I see how we get there. I think the way that they have done her story up to now doesn't get me there in the in the show like she almost got there season seven and we were seeing the makings of it and i thought that this season would really see just like a slow descent but it was legitimately like snap (laughs) maverick i know you want to jump in here but i think that the the little speech the little monologue that Tyrion goes on when he was talking to john for the first time where he was like you we like she burned all these pe- all these bad men and we all cheered um and now we're here and what are we supposed to do with that and i feel like that uh, that's a very this is why i went to acting school uh <laughs> but i feel like if you would have put something like that in these episodes before i th- think i would have been more willing to go there with Danny last episode. Um, that's just me. I know Maverick, you were you more readily accept um, where Danny. It, oh wow, I would say wild. so. Uh, yeah, like to quote the poet Jermaine Cole. <clears throat> <clears throat> Jesus Christ! Anybody is a killer. All you got to do is push him to the limits, and Danny got pushed to her limits with everything that happened in the last two seasons. And I think that's what drove, ultimately drove her to do what she did. And it was, I think it was very much on an impulse. I, I mean, the only thing that tells me it wasn't impulse is that the Unsullied already had marching orders to kill all Lannisters, um, which is what, how you get into the first scene when John uh, tries to stop Grey Worm from killing the few survivors that are left. But, yeah, I mean, I just more readily accepted it. Um, that kind of Because I, I ultimately saw, just saw it as a... I didn't think she was going to be good for always. Now she had, she had good intentions, but as they say as well, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, in the book I'm reading good omens. I think they say that the road to heaven is paved with good intentions. And it's like played for a joke because it's like the uh, angel and the demon are best friends. Or the show are, are you, I was about to say, are you prepping for the show coming out? Yes, I yeah. am prepping for the show coming out and I'm very excited for it. Cause I, w- so I wasn't into the book. Sorry. Sidebar. I wasn't into the book until like the halfway point where like stuff started to go down. And now I'm very into this book. So, um, yeah, I'll probably be talking about that in the later episode. Some other things, um, uh, just my, t- uh, the overall thing, things I would call it, like the first maybe 15 to 20 minutes right up until the point where Danny dies. Like it could easily have ended right there. And if, if they put that at the very end and somehow like change the narrative, whatnot, this was, I think a glorified epilogue. If you ask me, 
Yeah, it was a. It, I I see that as the end, and then the last forty minutes are our epilogue. And it um, was very much a slow burn, which I think kind of rubs some people. I think some people just being a finale were looking for your like Avengers Endgame, but that happened in episode three and episode five, so you already got that earlier. Um, but and I, I'm on the quotes tonight. Uh, I will. I think it summed up this episode, perhaps the whole season. Maybe the last few seasons, uh, quoting from Tyrion Lannister, not no one is particularly happy, which means it's a good compromise. Hmm. I feel like I don't like that because I feel like if you're if you were telling a story, you need to make like a strong decision, and I feel like they have tried to have their cake and eat it too at times this season. But we'll we'll get we'll get to that after we talk about this episode. One thing I did like was um our poet laureate Drogon um melting down the iron you know, Dragons have very, very strong grasps of metaphor. <laughs> Apparently or it it saw a knife inside of its mom and saw the chair that's made of knives and was like, this chair just got up. <laughs> Screw this chair. My mom. Um, but no, I, I really thought that that was as memeable as it was. I thought that was a really good moment of like, hey, dragons are sometimes smarter than humans. Um, Between that and Brienne. Those were the two memeable moments was Drogon and Brienne. Oh, Brienne writing in the book is going to be so many memes. Um, I've already seen the mean girls. Um, <laughs> do not trust yep. Jamie. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, there, I think that was a good way to end the Iron Throne and then the million theories that are going to be launched that Danny's still alive, which I'm already tired of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's a good, if you accept the story where it is, I thought Kit Harrington did a very, very good job this episode. I know some people don't totally buy the Danny John love story. I am there. Like I am into it. I think because I'm pretty sure John is the only one that calls her Danny in the whole show, except maybe, um, Viserys. I think. Every time he says it, it's, it's like so full of like love. I don't know. For me, it works for me. So I thought that scene was really heartbreaking. He gave her so many cop outs too. Like yeah. he was just like, please, please say something right here. <laughs> please don't make me do this. And I, I don't know. It, this episode made me want to follow like all of these actors wherever they go from now on. Like I feel like. Amelia Clark is gonna is a very good actor. She proved that here. So is um, Sophie Turner, who I've had problems with her performances in the past, but this season has been really, really good. Um, I guess because she's like older and like a professional actor and not a kid anymore. But she's she's been very good. Uh, Kit Harrington, ready for his comedic turn. I I know it's coming. It has Did you not see the, that dude is so the funny. Andy San, the, the Andy Samberg Kit Harrington tennis movie? No. Did you not do you know that there's that meme that's like Kit Harrington was like I just need a sip of water and he like throws it against the wall and like falls over the table. Have you not seen that? I have not. I'm going to find it right now and send it to the group. Hold on. Um Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams has been really good. We'll hopefully we'll see her in another role if new mutants ever comes out uh <laughs> i mean there are <laughs> some of the older actors i still think can be in some in some kind of projects and i would follow it um liam cunningham who played sir davos is actually in a upcoming heist movie uh, that's he's, he said he was filming for i mean i'd be back to smuggling that. so <laughs> back to smuggling um, uh, but let's get to this epilogue. Um, King Bran is dumb. Can I, can I say <laughs> one thing? Can I, just, I have one more thing about the episode that I forgot yeah, that I yeah, just yeah. remembered. Uh, the time skip between Danny dying and then the council of, um, all of the, um, great lords of the great West. lords of Westeros. Yeah. I, it felt awkward to me. Like, I don't know if you got, y'all got the same thing. Like, I wish I would have seen 
the reaction of all of the Unsullied or Dothraki or just in general, the reactions to Jon Snow, you know, ending it. I would have liked I just to have didn't know seen how long it actually passed. That was my big a, thing. A couple weeks. Yeah, that's what I figured out. It was you know, a couple. It had to be only a couple weeks afterwards. Yeah, Tyrion said um, when he was like walking out there that you've had me locked up for a couple weeks. So not that long. Um, but yeah, King Bran is dumb. That this episode for me started falling apart when. They got to that. Like, why is Tyrion allowed, literally in chains, allowed to run this entire thing? Well, why? Yeah, and I, I just felt like, um, it's a, again, it feels like something that wasn't earned. Like, you have two episodes ago, Bran saying, I'm not Bran Stark anymore. I can't be Lord of anything. And then two episodes later, he's all like, boy, what you think I I myself? Why you think I wheel my butt down here? Um, I did enjoy seeing Edmure again. Um, (laughs) My boy, Robin Aaron. (laughs) Yo, they did Edmure dirty. (laughs) Listen, I'm ready for someone to whip out a sit down uncle at Thanksgiving. That's going to be. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's going to be really good. Oh, my boy Robin Aaron with the long bottom had to glow suave. up. He was so suave. <laughs> that milk done him good. Uh, so that was nice. I just feel like why does King Brand doesn't make any sense to me? Why did no one even suggest Sansa? Like, I don't think Sansa would have taken it because I really think she just wants to be Queen of the North, but, like, that nobody brought it up doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. But I think she ended up getting what she wanted anyway. I think she would have either been Warden of the North or Queen of the North, which she is now. Which the North, like... Born in independence and got independence. What is Yara thinking right now? Like, so all you have to do is ask. <laughs> well, he's a, he's so a, she, she could declare herself queen of the Iron Islands. Basically. And then, like, Dorn has a long history of independence away from the Seven Kingdoms. Like, they're going to want out, too. Like, we are dwindling down kingdoms. I think someone on... Um, or well, Dave Chen yeah. on a cast of Kings said, when is the next war starting? Not to say, because I think that's something that kind of gets thrown under the rug. I don't think this is necessarily meant to be this, the decision to get, make brand King, the, the, like the decision to select a new uh, ruler, like by the, the Lords. And so I don't think that's necessarily going to solve everything. I think, it's they're trying to fix things and make it better for the future, but they could still very well fight and, uh, greed and different things like that can still cause you know corruption to leak in and cause more uh, violence. Yeah, I think they just played off of the current feelings. I think that everybody agreed. I think everybody was a little tired of killing each other, and so they just took advantage of the kind of the attrition among all the other kingdoms. I think we can all agree, though. Screw democracy, right? Am I oh, right? That, but- that, that was funny. But there is democracy in the Seven Kingdoms. Like, they literally vote for a Lord Commander. The King's Moot is literally democracy. Like, why is everybody laughing? This is not, like, a weird well, thing. Well, t- to be fair, that's not, that's not Lord. Uh, that's not King of the Seven Kingdoms. Six Kingdoms. But I also don't think it's laughable. Like, they're, they're like, very valid democratic things in Westeros. I, lived I with feel that like one that for, was a cheap laugh. I just think listen, they don't come very often. Royal birth, like birth to democracy, like the, how it was in our history. It's kind of, you gotta you gotta ease into it. I feel like if you want to laugh, do the Edmure thing. I think the democracy thing was a uh, was cheap for me. Or make a capitalism joke. Um. The joke is capitalism. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
it is way too late for me to be doing this podcast. Uh, there is Tyrion is named Hand of the King for some reason. Um, I feel like so I I heard that in the leaks, and the reasoning that Bran gives is more okay than me just hearing it. But I still don't think Tyrion deserves to be Hand of the King. I feel like they're gonna like I I feel like they use that as a cop out for all his crappy decisions the last two seasons. Maybe I just miss like like I know it's book material, but I so miss the conversations between Tyrion Lannister and Tywin Lannister. Like I was watching on YouTube, and I was like, God. This is so well written. Like, I missed that. <laughs> and not to say there weren't good moments. And I feel like I'm being overly, I'm being more negative in this podcast than I mean to be. When I'm actually one of the people that like this season probably more oh, than yeah. others. I mean, I like this episode more than others. I still have problems with this season. I probably also don't hate this season as much. With as much ire as it's getting on Twitter, season which I think is kind five. of unfair. Season, season five. five was really, but, but even like looking back on season five, like it is not as bad as we all remembered. There are definitely like terrible, terrible things. Unbound, unbent, unbroken is still still so bad, really bad. But speaking of Game of Thrones and Hineral. Um, which we're going to get to in a couple minutes. Uh, Brian Cogman, who, as y'all know, is probably my favorite writer of Game of Thrones, um, also wrote Unbowed and Bent Unbroken. And he did an interview with Joanna Robinson on Still Watching, I'm pretty sure, on the podcast. Still one of Watching. her, like, 20 million podcasts. Yeah, one of her 3 million podcasts. Uh, where he talks about how he like the things that he went through writing that or I don't want to make it sound like it was a terrible horrible experience for him where it was like a there were some really bad things in that episode I don't know what I'm saying is listen to that interview um which I think is revealing to how that process went um behind the scenes uh back to this episode though uh, where else do we have? So let's talk about where all of George's children ha- end up and what y'all think about their their lasting or where they're going to end up. So let's start with Arya, who's going to sell west of Westeros. Westeros. <laughs> I can't even take credit for it because I saw this as a tweet, but she turned into Ferdinand Magellan pretty much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But how, it, how it, do you it, feel it was about that? that as this actually took place in 1492, and she's sailing in the ocean. Oh blue. God, no! Christopher was a woman. <laughs> They're going to freak don't out. Use her blankets. <laughs> but no, I mean, I thought she was going to go like I. I thought she was going to go back to Bravos, and I was like, "Girl, what you doing?" <laughs> like, but, but I think, I think it fits her. Yeah, it does. Young, free spirit. She definitely couldn't have gone back up north and just, like, chilled. Um, Sansa ended up where I wanted to or her to anyway. That's where I, yeah. I think exactly where she wants to be and where she fits the best is now. I was going to say Warden of the North, but she is now Queen in the North. Which I think is better. Yes. And, you know, like she said, the... The uh, the North has been independent before, and had its independence before Robert's Rebellion. And when did when did it when was it independent? Um, the North. Yeah, I'm pretty Thousands sure. I thought of years ago. Oh, well, uh, I thought like it was. In, I thought it was Robert's Rebellion that they got. I could have that mixed up completely. I don't oh know. Oh God, please don't make me say Westeros lore. I'm re- I really might be making this up. And I nope, I don't want to make anything up. I'm gonna stop there. Never mind. So yeah, either way, the North was independent at some point, and yes, the North was independent at some point. Yes, and so they just want to go back to being 
their own little thing because they don't like going south because screw King's Landing. And every time Starks go to King's Landing, nothing good happens. So whatever, Bran. Um, Maverick, do you have any thoughts on Bran? Or, or not on Bran, on Sansa? I, I understand. I feel like someone it could have been a big thing for someone to mention. Um, I would have, I'd be interesting to see because there would have been some rebuttal if they kept with the narrative. I wonder what someone would have said to say why she didn't want it um, or why she shouldn't be queen of the seven kingdoms. Um, I mean, ultimately, I, I thought Bran, like I said, it's back to the Tyrion quote. It, no one's particularly happy about it, but it's a decent compromise. Um, because I at least liked his monologue about like stories. I think that's very much, uh, almost somewhat of a breaking of the fourth wall of the show as a whole, and any kind of storytelling, um, either movie, show, or whatnot that it, it unites people, it it brings people together. Sometimes in both love and hate. Yeah, and, but I also don't think Brain has the best story. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't think he has to have the best story in order to be king. Yeah, but Tyrion said he had the best story, and he doesn't have the best story. <laughs> well, he himself doesn't have the best story, but his bre- his mind has the best story. I am not willing to go with the show there. Um, sorry, I'm still trying to look up to see which Lord of, or which, yeah, what Lord of Winterfell kneeled. Uh, so what was it? Uh, oh, sorry. One more thing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, crap. Wait, wait, wait. I had it. I had it for one second, and then I lost it. Oh, oh, wait. Nope, lost it. I'll come back to it in a second. Go ahead. There we go. Torrin Stark, um, the king who knelt. The king who knelt. Yes. A a long, long time ago. Oh, generations oh, oh. and generations. I remember. Um, do y'all agree? Well, not agree, but like, how do you feel about the sentiment that the whole Aegon Targaryen thing never really amounted to anything it i i get where they're coming from and i wish more would have came from john being aegon targaryen but i just don't think there was enough time for the show to fully reckon with it that's where i land i don't think that it was for naught because had that tidbit of information not been revealed to danny i think that was one of the primary reasons why she flipped and because that started her rapid decline of sorts. Yeah, but I also feel like even with, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like there more could have been done with it to make it matter more because it felt like it mattered a lot. <clears throat> and it definitely mattered, but I don't think it mattered to the extent where I, th- <coughs> I, I were setting it up. Um... But speaking of Aegon Targaryen, what do we think of how he ended his story? He finally pet ghost. I know. He got all up in that ghost fur. I'm sure Jon Snow fans are pretty upset. He basically just got banished back to the wall to be in the quote-unquote Night's Watch. Um, I still no. don't under, I don't really understand that part, if there's anything I don't understand. Because did the Unsullied and the Dothraki leave King's Landing? Yes. They're, why don't why doesn't selling... he just go to the north and just chill? Because I feel like the way John's morality is set up, he feels like he needs to be punished. Like, a, or he has he has like a Ned Stark honor kind type thing. Yeah, where, where he could t- easily not follow those rules, and he actually doesn't really follow those rules if you think about it. He basically just becomes uh, king north of the wall. Um, but he j- it's just kind of an honor thing, I guess. Which I think people are debating whether he's going to be king of the wall, like king north of the wall, or if he's going to be the 998th and also 1,000th Lord Commander. Um, Because he was still wearing his um, Night's Watch uh, blacks when he was up there. So it's like, so is he going to come back? Is he not? I don't know. It's up to how you ever fill it in in your head. Um, both are equally valid. Either way, I think, I mean, John was always happiest up there. So I'm, I'm glad he gets to live out the rest of his days in the 
the true north, as your boy calls it. And I know that you you're not a fan of King Brand, but you got to think that that's that's got to be George's decision, right? I, it's got to be like something that big has to be George's decision. So I wonder how it, this honestly makes me interested in how he is personally going to end it off. Um, when and if he finishes a song of ice and fire. And I mean, the main thing is if, if you're looking to have things fleshed out and go into more detail and to feel more of, I think, uh, a progression between things, I, I think the books are going to be the way to go. Cause he was saying he's like the neck, the last two books can potentially have up to 3000 manuscript pages, which is too much, which That's is too much. a lot. Because but. he ran into that same problem with um, books four and five of the Song of Ice and Fire, and his editor was like, "You cannot have a book this long," <laughs> so they split it. They split it into two books. Um, but it, I feel like I have to read the books now. See where this ends. I'll probably wait till they're all out so I can just read them all in one go. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about like Game of Thrones, the show. It's over. It's yeah, and I I don't I think something that gets lost in the in the last couple of uh, weeks with as the displeasure has slowly uh, risen is like how freaking amazing like the series as a whole has been and how like earth shattering the scale of it has been like. I mean, you got people who are like, I mean, you, y'all were on Twitter. Like it was, it took up the Twitter sphere and the internet <laughs> at this point. I think so. Let's, what I thought would be cool if it would be for us to talk about like how we came to Game of Thrones and like kind of our Game of Thrones journey. I can go first. Sure. Since I just kind of sprung it on y'all. Um, I, so I started watching in high school probably my junior year yeah because it was season three 2013 um because i remember watching the red wedding live i'm not sure (laughs) why i started watching i think probably someone on youtube was like oh there's this really cool show game of thrones you should all watch it and i was like okay uh we have hbo so i just started watching the first season i was like oh that was good and then I watched the second season, and then the third season was coming right up. And I was like, all right, so let's do this thing. And that's when I started. And then my senior year of high school, my English teacher had read the uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. And she hadn't watched the show, but, like, she read the book. So every Sunday or every Monday after Game of Thrones was on, she was like, so, Colby, what happened in the show this week? And I told her what happened in the show. She was like, oh, in the books, it happens this way. And I was like, oh, then we would. That's how I kind of bonded with that teacher. Shout out to Mrs. Sloop. Um, she's not listening to this podcast, but she was a really good teacher. Um, she's the reason I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time, too. Oh wow! So yeah, she was great. Uh, she was still a great never teacher. watched it, bro. You should watch. You, I yeah. feel like you would like Lord of you the Rings. Would. I probably would. Just never have. I think you should check it out. Sorry, my room just got brighter because I have my um, sundown lamp going, and the sun was sun was getting real low in my room, so it got Stop. a little dark for me. Okay, Natasha. <laughs> so I yeah, I have my story. I'm not done yet. And then, uh, as I kept watching, and I met my wonderful girlfriend Carla. um, See, between seasons four and five, I was like, "Well, we were like still like talking, getting to know each other." I was like, "Hey, this is really good show that I like. That I like. It's called Game of Thrones." And she was like, "Yeah, I've heard of it." And I was like, "I really think you should watch it." And when I tell you that this girl watched a season of Game of Thrones a day while she was in summer school. And she would, like, text me while she was going, like, that week that she was going through Game of Thrones. That's kind of how we bonded um, during that summer. So, like, one of the most fulfilling relationships that I've had is, like, I owe a lot of that to Game of Thrones. 
So, it, yeah, it's just been a special, kind of a special thing in my life for a long time, and I'm sad it's over. Well, dang, I don't. My story's not that yeah. good, but well, shoot. <laughs> yeah, ours is nowhere near as as awesome as that. You want to go? Yeah. Uh, uh, you want to go, Maverick? I could. Like I did. Uh, I mean, it was freshman year at Carolina. Um, I realized we had an HBO account, and I was like, "Well, I heard and I'd heard about this show, um, but never really watched it because I didn't really have a chance to." I, like watch any kind of HBO stuff when I was younger. Um, so once I got into it, I saw the title. I was like, now I've heard about this. I've heard it's very popular. Started watching, just got immediately hooked. Uh, so from like freshman year, just got almost immediately caught up. Um, and I think I got caught up by the time, I think season five or season, yeah, I want to say season five rolled around. So, that, um, I mean, it was, it was still, I still feel very very connected to it because that's at least uh, four or five years um, that I got to be a part of watching the series. Uh, I, I put it in my tweet like, it's an intriguing story. It's a gut-wrenching story. Um, it's just so alluring yet heartbreaking. Um, some You want to be happy, sad, angry all at the same time watching this show. And it always keeps you on your toes. It introduces... So many different things makes you think, makes you feel all the emotions, and so uh, this show is going to be talked about for many years to come. Uh, and so it was awesome to be able to be alive to to see it as it came across the screen. Maverick, I remember our year of summer school, um, sitting in Rams Gym, shooting around and talking about Game of Thrones for like an hour. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun summer. So, I mean, it's easy just to get lost in it all. Yeah, it is. The, the lore is so deep and there's just so much to explore. It's, it's, um, a, it's the right a balance of reality, like somewhat like historical fiction slash fantasy. David, you're the newest year. I am. I am the newest year. Yeah. So I tried. I've tried uh, on three separate occasions to watch Game of Thrones. My first, I only made it through season one, and I don't know why I stopped because season one was fantastic, and it ended off fantastic. And I just like I finished season one, and I was like, all right, season two, and then something happened, and I just never made it back. Fast forward, like junior year i'm like all right i'm going to watch all the way through game of thrones and i made it all the way to season four made it past the red wedding made it past the battle of blackwater i made it all the way through season four heading on to season five and then i stopped because life happened and then i dropped it again and finally the beginning of my senior year I wasn't technically underloaded, but it was pretty much underloaded um, in my senior year of college. And I was like, I'm going to binge it. So not only did I watch through season four, I watched from season one again to get a refresher all the way through season four. And then I finally made it all the way through season seven uh, and got caught up. Um, And I did that because I saw um, my my roommate's friends watching the season season seven finale which was i don't know when but 2017 so i saw them watching that and i was like yeah this show seems dope i'm gonna (laughs) i I just need to catch all the way up and so i finally did that and and now i am part of the part of the uh the squad and i was actually surprisingly not spoiled the only spoiler i had was um that John came back to life in season six. That was the only one I had. Other than that, like I did not know about the red wedding. I didn't know about Ramsey Bolton. I didn't know about any of that stuff. So I was color me shocked when I went through all the red wedding stuff. I just wish I could have been into it earlier. So I could have gone through it live with the internet. Cause I feel like that would have been an experience. Um, so, a couple more questions, then we got to get out of here because 
you know, it's late. Work and life and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so let's say you had to you have a top tier of Game of Thrones episodes. What are you throwing up there? Again, I can go first. So y'all have time to think. Um, I'm just gonna throw the mountain and the viper in there. Okay. It's a yeah. great, really, really good episode. Battle of Blackwater. Blackwater is also a good episode. Uh, a lot of the battles, I, I mean, that's just quintessential Game of Thrones. Um, Battle of the Bastards. For me, the opposite. Uh, people talking in rooms is what I love about Game of Thrones. So, uh, Kiss by Fire, that is a lot of the jamie brienne stuff i believe that's when they're in heron hall and then the in the, the bath i just watched that you're right uh, um, where, where she's like she screams out kingslayer kingslayer like, he's what, like what, my he's, name is jamie yep that's a good uh, episode also that episode is like the height of john and egret um which is when john was i feel like the happiest in the show it's just kiss by fire is a really good episode um so I'd put that up there. The door, I think, is my favorite episode of Game of Thrones. Dang. I think yeah. it's the perfect part of like revealing a mystery, and it's also heartbreaking, and it's also exhilarating, and you get some of the fantasy elements in there. It's just, I really, really love the door. I like it how the red wedding is nobody's favorite episode, but it's the one everyone refers to. When it's talking, the iconic. It's the iconic episode. I can't watch the Red Wedding episode like for fun. Like nobody watches also that. Also, can't goes, hear the Rings uh-huh. of Castamir without just shuddering. I will say, I really did like the placement of the Reigns of Castamir in the last episode with mm-hmm. Tyrion. I thought that, that was really moving to me. Um, the episode in which Tyrion finally stands up to Tywin. That is the children. That is. In. So wait, hold on. Say it one more time. This the episode is the children. The children. There we go. So that uh, also a really good episode. That's when um, da- um Arya goes to Bravos. Um, yeah, Tywin does all that. Tywin was just just he was he's legitimately one of my favorite characters on the whole show. Tywin Lannister, not a good person, great character. Charles Dance is. A monster. Oh, he's a good. he's a monster of an actor. And then also that episode is also Brienne versus the Hound. Ooh, that is that same episode. Yeah. Wow. What a great! I didn't even realize that was the same episode. So I I literally just watched a YouTube video about how good the children was. So that's <laughs> that's why I remember that. Um, but yeah, <sighs> those are all good choices. Um. I think that also spans like all of what is good about Game of Thrones, like the spectacle, the character work, the lore. Like, I feel like that's a good smattering of like all the things that Game of Thrones does well, which I feel like a lot of people have been kind of cynical towards the spectacle in season eight, but everything looked really good. It did. Besides episode three but everything that you could see looked really good i'm just sad nobody has said mance Rada in in a, in a while mance was also a good character he was a good character i just like how they said his name i also liked how the actor talked like he had like a weird like way of speaking that i'm like this guy's yeah. cool <laughs> not to keep saying harry potter but that's dumbledore's brother ah oh. i did not realize it is I've not seen um he's only in um Deathly Hallows Part Two, right? Yes. I have not seen that movie in a while. I I watched part one a lot. I have not seen part two in a while. Okay. So let's wrap up. Do you, uh David, final thoughts on Game of Thrones as a series? I just it's I, I don't I, I don't think I as long as this last season didn't like r- like just destroy me as far as like my expectations I would have been okay with it and I still don't think it wasn't the 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 epic conclusion I wanted but 
I can forgive it because the show in and of itself is so freaking awesome. And I will be rewatching again soon. And I, I just, the wonder of watching through it the first time, like, you know, those either series or books or games that you go through or you watch or you play or you read and you're like, I wish I could just like wipe my memory and just like go back to where I didn't know what was happening and just watch it or do it or play it all over again. Mm-hmm. That's one of those shows where I'm like, if I could just wipe clean and watch it again, I wish I could have that experience again. Uh, Maverick. I, I sort of alluded to it before. I just think I, I'd like to think that years down the road, I think people it will still appreciate the whole series uh, despite feelings towards the last few seasons, because I think this is truly going to be one of those generational uh, programs that are it's going to be discussed for years and years and years to come, because uh, this is how TV sh- shows should be as a whole. You know, just the mix of everything from uh, like you were doing character development, world building, uh, action, um, drama comedy at points i mean it, it's just a total package and it, it just it's just set with so many people that it just connects a lot of people to it um and it sucks that it's going to be gone uh but it was awesome being able to watch it go through the whole process it's like one of those things any kind of series like this you're you kind of grow with yourself with the characters you find the one or two characters that you try to relate with um and try to, you know, follow in their footsteps. For me, like, I kind of did grow up with this show. Like, we're the same age as Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner. Um, and Isaac Kinsett writes a little younger than us. So we kind of did grow up with this show. Um, it, it's it's covered a, a large amount of my life, and I don't think we're ever going to have a show like this ever again. Like the way that we watch TV is so different than it was in 2011 that I don't think we can ever get back to a place where we have a show that everyone just gathers around their TV at nine o'clock on a Sunday to watch, to watch a show. Like I, I don't think we're ever going to get back there. The, so, la- the last TV show that did that. Very depressing. Yeah. The last TV show that did that before Game of Thrones was Heroes, back when it came on every Monday night. It's just like, I don't know. It's the end of a of an era of, I mean, people are calling like 2018 like the end of the monoculture because we have event the mcu infinity saga ending and we have the skywalker saga is ending and game of thrones is ending and we there the way that we can watch and consume media now is so segmented that we don't really have those touchstones that everyone is watching and everyone is sitting down and doing at the same time um yeah, it's weird. It's the it's the end of an era and I'm I'm glad I was around to to experience it. Heck yeah, brother. All right. Any other thoughts about Game of Thrones? Who's y'all's favorite character of the entire series? I don't even know how to start answering that question. That's 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 tough. Can I answer that next week? Can I sit on that yeah. one for a week? <laughs> sure. Cool. And I, I, I feel... Colby, say your stuff. I, I feel like there's only one way to end this episode, but say the stuff. We that us, your favorite character. Um, but if you want to find us probably talking about sports next time you hear us, you can do that at tinyurl.com. So never made Farsi. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music. Valar Morgulis. Valar Dohiris. <laughs> <laughs>